You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. You've heard us talk about DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports, and how payday can come every day by entering contests with huge cash prizes up for grabs. This week is jam-packed with action ranging from basketball to golf, and DraftKings has plenty of ways for you to have front row seats to all the action. Making a lineup on DraftKings adds excitement to every night and is simple to do. Draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before. Every moment means more with the DraftKings lineup on the line. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion to users across all sports. DraftKings is the leader in daily fantasy sports, so there is no better place to get in on all the action. Now that you know how to play, download the DraftKings app and sign up using code THPN. New users will get a free entry with their first deposit. That's code THPN to get a free entry with your first deposit. Only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. All right, everyone, welcome to episode 13 of the Rig Rats podcast, the Edmonton Oilers podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. We are joined by my good friend, Kyle. Kyle, welcome back. Uh, I'm to understand uh, you had a a hockey game just a second ago. Uh, How'd that go, my friend? I did play puck today. Um, My team's actually gross. Uh, We won eight to three. Um, I had three apples. Not a big deal. Stop playing after like the first period. I was just kind of bored. But hey, hockey's hockey. I was on the ice. It's better than yesterday. And when I wasn't on the ice, and that's all I can say about that. That's a that that's a big dub. And for the fans at home, uh, what position do you play, Kyle? Uh, I'm a defenseman, natural born. If you guys um, didn't pick that up from uh, all of our previous hockey talk before. However, I will. Uh, you give you give off big defenseman vibes, Kyle. Yeah, I you know. I talk about the defense a lot because I know them. They know me. We are one. He's got his his mind on the D, no problem. All righty. Well, Kyle, the Edmonton Oilers uh, had a couple games split here. (laughs) And um, they took on the Vancouver Canucks as the final tail end of their uh, mini series versus the Canucks. And just like the Flames series, the Oilers bring it home. They bring a home all four points and in the grand scheme of things like we were saying that's an eight point swing right there and a all full eight points swung Edmonton's way which is huge um and it was a convincing win last time obviously it was a comeback uh the Vancouver Canucks had a three nothing lead and we had to mount a pretty impressive comeback for the victory there uh this time the Oilers took a one nothing lead in the second period. Alex Chason scores a big one. And then they hold on to a 3 nothing lead. Uh, just a really commanding game. I was a big fan of Alex Chason's goal. Well, off the pipe, just kind of turn around and dunk. I went in, guys. I did it. Just ugly. <laughs> just ugly, man. Hey, listen. They don't ask how. They ask how many. I said it once, and I'll say it a lot more. And you know what was even better for me, honestly? It's, it's funny because I, I know it's a power play goal, but – McDavid and Drysaddle weren't 
technically involved on that play. It was the other side of the power play puts it in. And honestly, anytime they're not involved and, and the Oilers can get a goal without them, I call it a win in my books. That's a W. I would agree. Um, another note from this game, which I was actually quite interested in, is Ethan Bear, Caleb Jones, both back into the lineup immediately. We saw a line even of Bouchard and uh, Bear for a little bit and Bouchard and Jones for a little bit as well. And they ran seventh, seven defensemen in this game to sort of ease Bear into it a little bit because he's been on the injury list a little bit. And Bear seemed in the postgame quite pleased that the coaching staff decided to add that extra defenseman in to, you know, maybe ease him into a little, a little bit. What do you take from a team going seven defensemen? Um, well, there's a couple different reasons you would do it. Um, like you said, this, this reason I think is because they really just did want to kind of ease bear back into the pace of play of like, you know, actual professional hockey instead of just at practice and whatnot. Cause I know a lot of teams will do it if they have offensive guys hurt and they have defensive guys they want to put in the lineup. Or if they have, um, you know, not even if they have offensive guys hurt, but if they have offensive guys that are just like they have their core group and they just kind of want to run three centers and four sets of wings, they'll throw an extra D guy back there. So I think, like you said, it was just because they wanted to help Bear you know, slowly go back in and make sure he was all good before they just jumped into the deep end and had to have Wendy Peppercorn come save him like Sandlot. <laughs> Mike Smith also was phenomenal in this one. The, I think the penalty kill was really good, but he is a the, your goaltender has to be your best penalty killer, and I think he was. He also had my play of the episode in this game, which we will get to at the end of the episode. Uh, but just a little teaser there. My play of the episode is going to go to Mike Smith. He was really good. He was really strong. Um, he he kept him in it early. Uh, it was definitely a back and forth game in the first period that ended up 0-0. The Oilers managed to break through with Chase on, like we said. Then Pugliarvi scores again from in front of the net. He's really starting to find that as his home on the power play, which is awesome to see him start to cycle in there as well, which was great. And then McDavid scores a, a empty netter. And every time he scores an empty netter, I laugh the whole time because He's, he made an amazing move. He made an empty netter look sexy. And then he comes in, and the whole time, he's looking back at Dreisaitl. He's like, please, skate with me so I can give you the puck so you can score. Like, he didn't want to score the empty netter. The whole time, he was trying to pass anyone else the puck except put it in. I was like, Connor, Connor, just score, buddy. It's okay. It's okay. It, it, I know it wasn't pretty. No one's going to be talking about your empty netter tomorrow, but it's okay. They don't all have to be like that. Well, it's funny, too, because actually everybody was talking about his empty netter because he made that gross move to get over on the D. And it was it was awesome because it's like, wow, guy makes empty net goals look good. And then, like you said, he was just turned around the whole time. Like, so you, nobody else wants this. Mm -hmm. I have to do it. <laughs> like, what a classy move. But also, it's just kind of like for a second, I thought he was turning around looking at the defense like <laughs> – <laughs> with that goal though he does he becomes the first player in the nhl this season to hit 40 points um in just over 20 games um so he's just a little under two points per game you know it's disappointing you know slow by his pace really i mean it, 40 points in, is that's it's ridiculous he is at another another pace so real quick kyle before we move on to the next game which has a much different feel from it do you think McDavid hits 100 points this season? What do we got? 56 games? Mm -hmm. 
He's at 40 right now. How many games are we in? I lose track. I think we're at 24. Uh, a little under two points a game. Yeah, I'll, I'll say he does. As long as nothing major happens, like, you know. Yeah, if they yeah. get into, like, a hard slump caveat, or something. No, or if he no, no injuries or anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As long as there's no injury. And I will say this, however. I think as long as no major injuries occur on the team. So, because I think if there's a couple other pieces that get that injury, I mean, obviously, McDavid makes his own points, but there are still some pieces that really add to his game. You know, like, you know, obviously, dry side on the power play and, you know, a couple of his line mates. I think well, there are Hopkins some key pieces. Getting injured, that, that'd, be, that'd be horrible, right? That, that's yeah. a huge point producer with him. Exactly. So, so, I think, so, I think any of those major, any of those big guys get hurt, I think that really jeopardizes the 100-point uh, pot. But I think he could do it. I think he, if anybody, if anybody's gonna do it, it's gonna be him. And so Mike Smith gets his forty-first shutout uh, of his career, his second shutout of the season. He is now five and zero, which it's funny because the Oilers were really pumping that five and zero thing. But he was not saddled with the loss in the game when he was pulled against Calgary. So. Yeah, that one didn't I, really make any sense. I would like, like, I saw it, I'm like, yeah, five and oh, Smith. And I was like, wait, didn't he wait, Cole versus Calgary? <laughs> oh, wait a minute, right? I'm like, I'm pretty sure, which is also unfair to Koskinen because he got saddled with the loss, really. Yeah, exactly. It's like, uh, in baseball, when the when the when the relief pitcher comes in, it's like, oh, you didn't make the save. Actually, you get a loss. <laughs> Actually, you lose. The other guy gets no no. I points. didn't even do anything. When I was here for an inning. I didn't do it. I threw like one ball. Exactly. But, you lose. But Smith Smith does get a shutout, a really really impressive shutout, like a solid performance. And so then I was not surprised to see you know him get the start. When we turn around and play the next game here, we're going to talk about versus the Toronto Maple Leafs. We talked about this last podcast. Um, We've got this three game series versus the Maple Leafs. It's really important. The Oilers pick up some form of, we figured four points here just to give them because they're four points back to the Leafs. If they want to catch the Leafs, they need to at least make up those four points in them. So, and you know, I just, I knew that Tippett, obviously he, he loves Smith and Smith is relatively hot by his standards right now. So I knew there was no way Koskinen was getting a net for this game one. Um, unfortunately, I also, the thing with Smith is I always feel that after he has a couple good games, I just know that there's going to be a couple stinker goals that are going to go into him, whether or not it's him giving it away behind the net or, uh, you know, just, just letting a few softies go in. I felt like there might've been a few in this Leafs game. However, this Leafs game just had a much different feel to it from the Vancouver series. I think, The Vancouver series, you could tell the Vancouver team, obviously in a very different place in the standings and very dejected. I don't think there was a lot of confidence in that group at the moment. So the Oilers were able to obviously were the much more confident group and they were able to ride that and really roll over the Canucks in a lot of areas of the game. Whereas now we're playing the first place team in the Toronto Maple Leafs and they are an extremely confident group. Matthews, not in the game at this one. Uh, which was a huge loss. And I was very excited to hear that Matthews wasn't in it, but we still know the Leafs are a very deep team. Um, they still have really good offensive firepower, even without Matthews. I could tell right away from the start of the game, this was going to be a much different series to, I think 
even the flame series, it's just going to be a different series. They were faster. They forechecked harder. Um, I think there was a lot more creativity in the offensive zone. You could tell um, they put a lot of pressure on the defensemen. And I just think they also played, I think they played a tighter defensive game. They cleared out the front of the net a lot. There wasn't a lot of looks in front of Campbell. Uh, I mean, it, it hurts me to say it. the Leafs played a strong game. Well, for the defensive point, at least, um, Jake Muzzin was back in. He, he broke a bone in his face a couple games ago or something like that. So he was back in. It's always good to have uh, one of your top D guys back in. And that I think that definitely helps with clearing out the front of the net. And all of their defense was, like you said, a, a solid game by all of them. And the speed, I think, caught – the Oilers off guard. I think this, I think they weren't as prepared as they thought they were for the speed. I mean, obviously Connor's fast, nobody's catching him, but everybody else has to be prepared for the amount of speed that's going to come back at them. Marner is wicked fast. Nylander's still fast. Well, you know. A lot of the Leafs have a speed. And I, you know, I think, yes, Connor McDavid is the fastest, but I think the Leafs have a faster team right yeah. just overall if you were to put the toronto maple leafs as a team in a race versus the edmonton oilers in a team i actually think the toronto maple leafs are probably going to outskate the oilers even with Connor mcdavid you know he, he might win the race but a lot of the leafs are going to finish before the oilers i think um, right exactly just all the way down all the way down the lineup like they even they've got some some you know unnamed russian russian guys down on their third and fourth lines that that can that can wheel man like Pierre Enval, uh, I think like some of those guys can really move. Um, and I think without Matthews as well, the Oilers were a little bit unsure who to focus their attention on, you know, I, I right. Cause a lot has been made. And, and I think we'll talk about this a little bit, or we can talk about this Mal. There's been a, a lot been made about McDavid versus Matthews, right? Matthews is on this crazy goal scoring streak right now in the NHL. Everyone's like, will he hit 50 and 50? McDavid obviously is at an unreal point pace, right? So a lot has been made about this, like, I don't know, like they like to compare like the Ovechkin Crosby story yeah. between the two of them, but they're really forcing it. Like they're really, really forcing it. Yeah. Um, which is kind of annoying because they ask him like every time they're like, you see Matthew score a couple of goals. Does, how do you feel about it? McDavid's like, I'm just trying to play hockey. Don't really care, man. Like, yeah, you watch the scores, but like, whatever. I don't know. They push, it, they push it really hard. And so I think with Matthews out for this game, the Oilers, they weren't really sure who to focus on. And I think also the, the Maple Leafs, were able to, you know, they weren't as focused on Matthews as well. They were able to play maybe more of a team game without Matthews, I felt. I don't know. I just felt like they played a, they played a pre-team game and the Oilers weren't ready for just the combined speed of the entire Leafs team. The McDavid-Matthews matchup just gets pushed really hard. And I mean, for good reason, because <clears throat> they're both unreal players. You know, like I said, Matthews is on a crazy pace with his goals. McDavid's on a crazy pace with points. And, I mean, you can definitely see the link between the, you know, Crosby-Ovechkin kind of rivalry too. You know, Crosby's got points and more of like a, you know, some eyes on him and Ovechkin scores. But it's different If I want to be that guy, obviously McDavid's the Crosby in in this situation. Oh, no, I agree. Crosby has uh, two gold medals and three Stanley Cups. (laughs) No, I, I definitely agree. You know, I mean, like, like I was, it's 
you know, Crosby is putting up points. He's got crazy vision. Yeah, he's yeah. Fast. No, he's I, got, I understand know, the comparison. Hands. And the same thing with McDavid. He's fast. He's got eyes that that see the ice in a whole different dimension. You know, he's seeing plays three plays ahead, and guys are like, uh, okay. And then, you know, Matthews is scoring, and Ovechkin scores. Obviously, they're still – top line players are gross it's not the only thing they have that they can do it's just you know so you can see it there but i think it i think it is getting forced a little i think it might be getting forced a little just because crosby and ovi are getting a little older well yeah not that i see any of these are starting to become you know the next right they are the face of the nhl you know right right you know now the next generation when when they're Right. Kids now, when when they grow up, they're not going to be it's, it's going to be weird. But, you know, they're going to be in the yeah. ice like Matthews hits a shot. I'm Connor yeah, David. Exactly. Right. Like, you know, back in the day, I was, you know, Ryan Smith and all that sort of stuff. Uh, right. <laughs> but but I you know, that's that's what it's becoming now. So I definitely yeah. I understand why the NHL tries to force it. It just annoys me when that's all they ask the two of them right. out in post games. The difference between the two is. I don't know that anybody – I don't know that they really pushed it on the guys as much when it was Ovi and Crosby's, like, heat, like right in the heat of the moment when they were pushing each other hard. I don't know that anybody was really, like, at their throats in the post game talking about, Ovi has three goals on you. What, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? No, I don't think anybody was asking that. And now they're trying to make a story out of it, and, you know, try to make, like, a, a more of a rivalry than they should be. I think because the, the Crosby OV rivalry also just had more like they play in the same, right? Yeah. Like they played each other a lot more than the, the Leafs or Oilers really ever do yeah. until this year. So I get yeah. that they play them a lot now. So it, it, it's probably easier to compare them because now they're in the same division right. for a while. And then I feel like even, even then also, I feel like there was a lot more animosity just in general between Crosby, Crosby and Metzgen. Yeah. Like they, they actually disliked each other. Whereas like yeah. McDavid and Matthews in the off season are training together in Arizona. Like yeah. they're homies. <laughs> yeah. They're homies. They're, it's like, yo, Austin, like you want to you play some, some PlayStation? Like, what do you got going on tonight? Oh, you're playing? You got it. All right. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. As far as the game goes, this past Oilers Leafs game, I think the rest of the team still has a ton of skill that the rest of that Leafs team still has a ton of skill. You gotta and remember, still have guys they have John Tavares score. on their team. Yeah. I feel like we don't talk about him nearly enough. Like John Tavares on their team, he got two points in that game. He did, yes, he, he did. did. He got two apples. No, they had I they mean, had a that line. I believe it was um of Hyman, Marner. Hyman, Marner, and Tavares. No, no, Tavares, it's, yeah. I believe it was Tavares and Nylander. Is it not? Um, no, I think I think it's, I think it's no, because Marner plays with Thornton now. Because Marner plays with Matthews uh, and Thornton. Yeah, I know yeah, Matthews yeah, yeah. wasn't in the game, but I'm pretty sure he still played with Thornton in this one. Yeah. So I'm pretty okay. sure it's it's Nylander, Hyman, and Tavares, and like that's a that's a that's a like that's a really complete line. Tavares is sneaky good. He's like he's like sneaky good. Like, like and it's funny. I mean, obviously he's good mm-hmm. and everybody knows it, but like he kind of just does stuff and then goes back to the bench. Like okay, all right. Well, and I think that's where the sneak goes to. Pe- people are gonna vomit. If we keep talking, we keep uh, gushing about the uh, least players here. However, I want to do we want to talk about the Jason Spezigal? Because I think that Mike one's Smith, uh, yeah. like, I, <laughs> yikes, <laughs> that one hurt. I mean, I think, I think that one, uh, he definitely dreamt about that one later. Mother, oh my gosh, you got it. Really, really? I fell for that. And oh, Jason yeah. Spezza does that a lot. 
that's that's one of his moves, man. That's like like you didn't see that in the pre-scout. That's the easiest goal Spets has scored in years. He wound up, faked it, and it was like I mean, he pulled the move off. Like it worked beautifully. Oh um, yeah. Like he it worked astoundingly. And he put it upstairs hard too. Like it wasn't like he just it wasn't like Smith flew all the way to the other side. But he had there was so much room, and and Smith and Spencer still time. said he, you could tell yeah. it's the goal. Goal goes in, and Smith immediately oh, yeah. knew what happened. Oh yeah, I mean Spencer still dropped it like right under the bar, and was just like, <laughs> gotcha. And then he just went back to the bench. He was like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go back to doing old man things now. And so the Oilers can't crack Andrew Campbell. Yeah, and their backup was in net. That was frustrating. Andrew Campbell's a good backup. But they they didn't even have their starter in that. That's actually the first Leaf shutout all season. Mm-hmm, exactly. So I, I just and I didn't feel like they had enough shots uh, with screens in front. I felt like he was seeing the puck way too much. Like yeah. even if you go back and watch the highlights, a lot of the highlights are him seeing the puck the whole way, no rebound. It was just there were there were no second attempts. There was no traffic in front of him. I just felt like there wasn't enough urgency to get pucks to dirty areas in front of the net. You know, like we can pass the puck around all day. Like we've had some pretty power play goals in the last couple of games. And I get like, that's what we try and do. Like the skill tries to make those really pretty plays. But we got to remember that like when we're playing a team like the Leafs, and I think we even saw it because our third and fourth lines, I think probably had some of our best opportunities of the game with just hard work. If we get into a track meet with the Leafs, it's probably a 50-50 toss-up on whose goaltending is probably better or who defends a little bit better, you know, because we both have that crazy offensive firepower. But if we both get into a grind game, like I think that's where the Oilers could could beat them. I think the Oilers could outgrind them. I felt like we not enough of the team was trying to get into those dirty areas to win pucks and get the puck just just bully it to the front of the net. It was a lot of stop, turn up back to the point, throw it on net, easy save, take the face yeah. off. Right? Yeah, I mean, there just wasn't a, there, they weren't generating a lot, it felt like. Yeah, you know, they had a lot of shots on goal, but like I, I think they weren't very quality chances. You know, like because because he was seeing all of them so so well. You know, take them in the middle of the chest. Well, you know, it's not very hard to have the quickest chest in the league. You know, the guys that are getting down in the corners and and battling in front of the net, I think those are the guys that like you said, take your team to a different level. You know what I mean? It's like everybody's got their first, you know, line. Their, maybe their second line still got some really good skill guys too, you know, the razzle-dazzle. The third and fourth lines are where you get into your consistent, I'm going to try as hard as I can the entire game. And if you have the guys that are going to try as hard as they can the entire game because they want to play good hockey, that's where you – have a complete team if you think about the the vancouver game chase on scores that goal in front and then puliarvi scored another goal in front just get in the way pick up the rebounds be there pick up on the opportunities that are given to you you don't need to be mcdavid and make every goal insanely gross just take the easy ones that are there pick the low-hanging fruit stand in front just whack at that goalie until you get your head taken off by our big defense so our our scores are definitely going to change a little bit here. Uh, we made some predictions, and we actually, both of us, made some relatively decent hits here. Um, we both predicted the win for the Vancouver game, so we'll both pick up a point. Now, Kyle, 
I'm going to ask you a question here. Are you going to give me another point? Because I predicted a one nothing shutout win. I also said Koskinen was going to be a net. I'm obviously not going to get a point for Koskinen being a net. However, I did predict a shutout. Would you give me a point for that? Yeah, I'll give you the point for the shutout. All righty. And then I will give you a point for getting the loss for the Leafs game. Thank you. Uh, just, a, just a couple of gentlemen here. Just you know? a couple of gentlemen. You know, like that was a very after you. No after you, sir, moment. That, that was good. I like that. Spirit of friendly competition. Listen, I want to win, but I also want it to be as fair as possible. So if I, you know, I scratch your back, you scratch mine, and then we both have scratched backs, and that's where that's where it ends. Well, we're both now sitting at a score of 12 to 11 for me. I still got the one-point lead. However, it seems like we're starting to get, get a bit of a groove here. We're starting to figure out how the team's starting to play. So now we're going to get ahead to uh, the one game between episodes because the next game is going to be on a Wednesday night when we record, and I'm not making the same mistake like last time. I may be dumb, but I won't be dumb twice. Well, three times probably. So we've got the Leafs again. This is going to be the middle game. Uh, they, they've lost the first one. And so now we're looking at, we said four points here. We need two wins here the next two games. Yeah. We saw uh, what happened in this last game. We talked about, you know, we didn't feel like they were hard enough in front. I suspect Koskinen will probably get net. We'll also see probably Frederick Anderson in net also. I don't know if Matthews will be back in. The Oilers currently are sitting at a two and three record versus the Leafs on the season. Leafs are obviously who they're chasing above them. How do you feel about this game, Kyle? The middle game. Um, If we uh, backtrack to last episode, I had a hard prediction. I said we lose the first game, which we did. I thought it was going to be a little tighter than that. I thought it was going to be an overtime loss. I thought we were going to be a point that we did not. However, comma. I did say, and I will stick to, we come up hard and pick up the points here. So I think this game, big turnaround game, I think the first two lines are absolutely buzzing because they saw how hard third and fourth line worked. And they're like, you know what? We actually should be more like them because they did a really good job. And so I think they buzz and put up three goals to the Leafs one. Three to one win. In the regulation. I like it. I like it. I'm trying to decide if we should up the ante or make it a tighter game. I'll up the ante. We're going to say a 5-2 win here. No, it's going to be a shootout. 5-4 overtime win. It's going to be a crazy one. A crazy one. And 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 also, I'm also partially being selfish because I think that'd be a really fun game to watch. And I think I might actually be able to sit down and watch that live. I like that. I like that plan. Alrighty, well, we are going to take a quick break here, and we will be right back with a little bit of NHL news and our play of the week. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting, like, I like Pinto, and I, I remember everyone, like... And this is the thing that I think Sense fans need to start realizing. We need to stop looking at the draft. We really need to stop looking at a player being like, he was drafted way too early. You know who you can make an argument who was drafted way too late? Mark Stone. Sixth round pick, and now he's making $9.5 million. Pajot, drafted, I think, in the fifth round and making $5 million. Hoffman, 
Welcome to the Sens Hour podcast, your number one source for Sens content, part of the Hockey Podcast Network, hosted by Shane from Ottawa and... And Derek from Muskoka, almost near Leaf Country out here. Um, but I think Clevin was, was right up there because they traded up to get him uh, with the Leafs. And again, they, they passed up some talented players for a guy like Clevin. But now Clevin's all of a sudden looking like a talented player himself. Like that goal that he scored um, in the third game in UND was outrageous. It was just not something you're expecting from the Twitter scouts, especially. <laughs> Sends our podcast, your number one stop for all your Senators content. New episodes coming at you every Monday and Thursday, part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Have a good one. Stay safe. Take care. Okay, and we are back. All right, Kyle, we're keeping this a bit of a shorter episode. Uh, we're just really excited about the anticipation for these upcoming two Leafs games here. Uh, however, we do have a few things to talk about. The first thing, and really there's not a lot of news from the NHL right now, but the first thing is Henrik Lundqvist. Some happy news, finally. Henrik Lundqvist is back on the ice. We talked about how earlier in the season he had a bit of a heart condition. He had to take a step away from the Washington Capitals after signing with them in this offseason. Uh, we wished him the best of health. And actually quite quite rapidly, faster than I expected, he uh, already back on the ice. It seemed uh, we saw some, some cool videos of him on the ice, skating around, taking some shots in Capitals gear. Still sort of looks kind of funny. Still not totally used to that. But it's awesome to see him him skating around. And, I mean, one of the greatest of all time. So, you know, anytime you, you can see him skating around, it's awesome. I think it's uh, I think it's something like two months after surgery or something like that. And, and open, heart open heart surgery. So two months after open heart surgery is ridiculous to be back on the ice. And, and he looked like he was moving at like an unreal pace. For somebody that's supposed to be recovering from a wild heart condition. He and was like, in nah, his I'm good. Thir- late 30s, early 40s. Yeah, I haven't heard a single bad word about that guy ever. Uh, and and if you don't like Henrik Lundqvist, I probably don't like you. We're not. Yeah, There's, we're not friends. We're not friends. There's nothing bad to say about him. He is an absolute man rocket guy. His definition of a gentleman. Like you, you see him. His suit game is ridiculous. It's chef's kiss. Chef's artisan. Artisan. And he's a nice guy. You know, works works with a bunch of charities. And- Incredible goaltender. Incredible. Never had a bad word to say. Yeah. Never had a bad word to say about anybody. Great guy. Great guy. We love Loved, him. Love to we see him, him back on the ice. And honestly, I'd love to see him. I still think it's a bit of a long shot, but I'd like to see him in a few Capitals games this season. Yeah. And so then our, our really our last thing, like I said, we're keeping this uh, nice and tidy here. End of the episode. Our play of the week. Kyle, I'll let you start since I gave a bit of a teaser earlier. So I'm going to go with uh, New Jersey Devils. Zaka had that gross – he scored on the play, but really the play was he caught the puck. He was coming in the zone. He was the trailer. He was the high guy. And they sent him the puck, and as the D-man was coming, he, like, spun and caught it on his backhand and sent the pass low. It was flawless because he did it all one move, like, no problem, just – Spun, caught the pass on his backhand, passed it, and then tucked away. I think it was a rebound he picked up, tucked it away. What a move! I mean, pff, unreal. He's he's pretty young. I like the I like I'm the not... off the board picks. You know, earlier here in this season, you know, we were picking the the obvious Sportsnet top ten plays here, right? You right. know, but I'm liking the off the board picks. I'm liking it. 
right? Like I think, I mean, my other possibility for that choice was going to be the burn goal where he just kind of chips it around the D guy. Did you see that one? Mm -hmm. I did. That one was good too, but I like the Zach goal. I was thinking about, you know, I, I thought about it, but I figured I couldn't do Barzell. I think two weeks in a row because he absolutely burned. I I don't remember who it was. He he smoked someone wide and then, and then tucked it top shelf. It was just, it was nasty. However, my play of the week, is going to go to Mike Smith, the Edmonton Oilers' own goaltender. I don't know if he actually got a piece of it. I think the save might have had to go to Darnell Nurse on the block. However, the puck comes back to Jake Vertanen, and Mike Smith decides to go full roly-poly old school, reverse stack the pads onto his back, both feet up in the air, and for, for a split second, like, it, it looked like he got a piece of it with his toes in the air. Like, and the funny thing is, is, like, I didn't feel like it was really necessary. I didn't think it was that desperate of a play. I thought he could have still slid into position in the butterfly, and he would have been in fine position. That is the the fun of Mike Smith is just but sometimes, he's gonna go, sometimes he's just going to roll on his back and go complete no reason. I, and I loved it. I loved it. It was old school. I thought he made the save. He might have. It was close. So play has, has to go to Mike Smith for even attempting it. Was it practical? No. Was it fun? Yes. I like that pick. What a good pick. Uh, well, so Kyle, you got anything else for this episode? Because uh, like I said, we're keeping it short and sweet here. No, I uh, I don't. I'm looking forward. Uh, I'm hoping my prediction comes true here. Pick up a couple uh, couple wins against the uh, big contender in the North. But I'll see you guys. Well, I guess you'll hear me. I don't see any of you. I wish I did, maybe. Hey, we're thinking about, we're thinking about um, eventually setting up uh, some sort of live stream here, you know, uh, if, if things pick up. Well, that's, hey, listen, if the folks want to tune in, they can see all of this. All, of the, all of the glory. Well, yes. I, I'm going to I'm going to give everyone uh, just a second to imagine what Kyle looks like right now, just based on his voice. However, while while you do that, I am going to talk you guys out. So thank you all so much for listening to this episode. It's been a bit of a wild one. Um, it has been an absolute pleasure. Be sure to follow the podcast on Twitter. That's going to be at the rig underscore rats on Twitter. Follow the Hockey Podcast Network for all of the up-to-date content that we put out, awesome contests and giveaways that we do. And that's going to be at HockeyPodNet on Twitter. Be sure to also like, subscribe, share, write a review wherever you listen to this podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud. Um, If you're pulling it straight off the internet, leave a review on Google. You can do that. Anyways, thank you so much for listening, Kyle. It's been a blast talking to you, my friend. And let's go Oilers! (laughs) 